Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Well, good morning, church. How are you today? Oh, wow. I just got a good feedback right here. I'm going to ask everyone else, how are you this morning? Good, good. Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? I am thankful that you are here. If you do not know me, if I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, my name is Brian. I serve here as our youth pastor. Uh, Two things, if you've ever heard me preach before, there's two things that I love to do before I get started into what I believe God wants to speak to us this morning. Those two things. Number one, I love to just honor my wife. Look at my wonderful, beautiful, babe, I love you. You are amazing. I know you're like, what is he saying? It's not for you, it's for her. That's our thing, okay? Uh, I, I love her. She really does make life better. She makes me better. Amen. Come on. Are y'all saying amen like I wasn't good before now? Hold up. I'm just kidding. I, I'm so much better with her. It is the truth. Uh, I'm so glad that she's here with me. I also want to honor our pastors. Can we just give it up for Pastor Joel and Miss Peppy? I mean, amazing, amazing. It is incredible to me. If you've been a part of Word of Life, if you've been attending for a little while, even just a couple of weeks, you know that so many things have been going on with the opening of new campuses and just God adding to this church. But in with all of that that's going on, with God adding to this church, to see every single week Pastor Joel get up with a word from the Lord for us specific in each season, it is incredible. I don't know if you know how incredible that is, but it is incredible. And I absolutely love our pastors. I'm so thankful he gave me this opportunity to speak to you this morning. Uh, I want to jump into the word of God this morning. So if you've got a Bible, just open it up to the book of Joshua. We have been in this series called The Daniel Dare. It has been our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Last week, Pastor Joel was talking about how we are to desire the presence of God more than the promises of God. Now, I could just preach that, but Pastor Joel did that. Go back, go look at it. Last week is online. You can find the podcast. But Pastor Joel was helping us understand how there's so much value in seeking the presence of God before we seek the promises of God. And today, I want to continue in this series to close it off. We're going to talk about taking a big step of faith today. We're going to talk about how we can take a big step of faith with God today. So if you've got your Bible, Joshua chapter number one, we are going to start reading in verse number one, and we're going to read a couple of verses. So if you will read with me together this morning, Joshua chapter one, verse number one, I'm going to start. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, It came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over the Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river of the Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites 
and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. I could just say amen right there. (laughs) As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper Wherever you go, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, and you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Verse number nine, last verse. Have I not commanded you? Be strong. And of good courage, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Come on, can we just pray this morning? Let's just join together and pray. Ask God to speak. Father, we love you. We love your word. We are so thankful that you express your heart for us through your words to us. So, Father, would you express that heart even more today? by speaking to us. We love you, Lord. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. I want to just catch you up on what we have just read. It's like we just jumped into like season three of your favorite Netflix series, but you don't know what happened in season one and two. And if you figure out what happens in one and two, it makes season three even more exciting See, before we get to Joshua chapter one, we learn about this guy named Moses. And I imagine many of you have heard the name Moses before. We see this story of this guy named Moses who God is using to lead God's chosen people out of bondage, out of slavery, out of Egypt and into a promised land. It's incredible. We stumble upon Moses and he is in this land of Midian. And as he's in this land of Midian, he has got his rod. He is with the sheep because he is a shepherd. And as he is walking with his sheep, he sees in the distance a bush that is on fire, but that's not burning. It's an amazing sight for Moses. It catches his attention. He turns his gaze to the bush, walks towards it. God begins to speak and God tells Moses, go set my people free. And now Moses, he, he begins to obey the word of the Lord. He heads towards Egypt. And it's incredible how God begins to work in Moses' life because Moses has this rod that he, that he does things. And it seems as if every time Moses raises this rod or sets this rod down, God does something. Uh, in in Egypt, when they get to Egypt, Moses raises his rod and we see God do miraculous things. We get to this place where finally after some time, Moses has been talking to Pharaoh, like let God's people go. Pharaoh finally lets him go. 
And the children of Israel are leaving out of slavery, leaving out of bondage, heading towards their promised land. There's one problem. There is a sea that is in front of them. And while they might could try to swim across, it's just not going to happen. And... And they're standing before this sea. God says to Moses, Moses, lift up that rod. Like lift it in the air. As Moses lifts the rod in the air, God begins to part the seas. You may have heard this before. To me, I don't get tired of looking at what God has done in the past. Because if I can see what he's done in the past, it gives me faith for my future. So, so I don't know. Maybe you've heard this before. To me, it is incredible. I've never seen water split before. Like, I've never seen that happen. I would have loved to be there. Moses raises his rod. The waters part. The children of Israel walk across. And it's incredible. They leave out of slavery, out of bondage. But then they have this period of time where they spend 40 years in a desert wondering as they are heading toward their promised land. Right before Joshua chapter 1, Moses, he comes to Joshua, he lays his hands on him and says, Joshua, you are going to take these people into the promised land. Joshua is like, okay, but what does that mean for you? <laughs> Moses is like, I'm not going. I'm not going into the promised land. You're going to take them into the promised land, and Moses climbs up to the top of this mountain. God shows Moses the promised land that he will never enter into. And right there on that mountain, Moses passes away. That's what just happened before we get to Joshua chapter one. Moses has just passed away. Joshua and the children of Israel, they've just spent 30 days mourning over the death of their leader. And then God speaks. It's incredible to me that God speaks <laughs> and he does so in a way that we can hear, understand and begin to do. <laughs> and God speaks to Mo or God speaks to Joshua. And and God says, "Joshua, listen. Like I know that you thought Moses was going to take everyone in, but it's you." You're the one. You're going to take the children into the promised land. And Joshua, as we read Joshua chapter 1, it is incredible because Joshua begins to say, okay, guys, hey, everybody, we're going to head into the promised land. He begins to tell everybody, hey, pack your things, get your kids, everybody, let's go. We're going to head into the promised land. But can we just for a second begin to try to think what might have been going on in Joshua's mind? <laughs> Like, let's just try to get a little bit of perspective on what was going on in the mind of Joshua, because I don't know about you, if I have just seen my leader pass away, <laughs> I might be a little afraid of what's to come. <laughs> if I was Joshua in this moment, I would begin to remember how God used the man Moses. Like, I would begin to think about, what, okay, what did Moses do? How did Moses live his life? How was God using Moses? And it seems to me that there's probably one common denominator that Joshua would begin to see. And it was, well, I remember Moses. Like, God really used him. But I remember whenever God was using Moses, he always had this rod. 
And, and he would lift the rod and God would work. He, he would lift the rod and seize the part. He, he would lift the rod and something miraculous would happen if I was Joshua. I would try to go find me that rod. Like, I would, Lord Jesus, where is that rod? Because it works. <laughs> Apparently, that rod, whenever it is lifted, it worked. I don't know about you, but that would have probably been the first thought in my mind. Can I go find Moses' rod? But I find it interesting that for Joshua, God didn't use the rod. He He didn't. But what I've realized is that as we talk about faith, as we talk about taking a step of faith, oftentimes we can seek the rod and not seek God. So let me, let me break that down. Let me, let me help you understand what I'm saying here. Uh, like you see in somebody else's life, something is happening. God is doing something and you say, okay, well, Moses, what was Moses doing? How did God work for Moses? If he did it for Moses, he'll do it for me. How he did it in Moses's life, he's going to do it in mine. And we begin to to have these moments where maybe we start seeking the rod instead of God. Maybe I would suggest the biggest stumbling block to our faith is the past successes, whether other people's successes or our own successes. Like, I don't know if you've ever had this happen before. Like, uh, maybe you're living in your life and you're like, I really desire for God to do something in my life. Maybe it's like, I need God to, like, get me out of debt. Like, I need God to help me get out of debt. But, but you have a friend who, who just told you a testimony about how God got them out of debt. And like, okay, well, what did you do? It's like, well, I don't know. God just put it on my heart to give $1,000 into the offering. And as I took that step of faith, God began to work and he set me free from debt. And you say, amen. Well, listen, I need, I need 100, 200. I, I need $1,000 because uh, I want to be set free too. And you can have this moment where you're like, well, if he did it, I'm going to do it. God going to do the same thing. And you get your thousand dollars, two cents. You're like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to give it. (laughs) And you get it and you give it. And for the next three months, you eating ramen noodles and tuna fish upset with God. (laughs) Like you're mad at him because you sought the rod, but you didn't see God. Maybe it's the same thing, though, that we, that we see happen maybe in your life and for your family. You've been believing God for, for healing. And you look at another family and you're like, what did you guys do? They're like, well, listen, like, we got together. We got the church together with us. We got leaders together with us. And they prayed for us. And we took that step of faith to just invite somebody into our journey and as we did, God moved and he set them, he set them free and they were healed and they were whole. And you say, you know what? Well, I need to call the same leaders you had. I need to call the same church members you had. And we need to get together because I need healing in my family, too. And you call the leaders together. You call the church together. You guys pray together. Yet that family member is still struggling. And now you are upset with God because he didn't work the same way in your life as he did in their lives. May I suggest you are seeking the rod 
and not God. I think oftentimes when we talk about faith that we can have this process where we begin to have this like disillusionment. Like we begin to say, well, you know what? Like he did it for them, but he didn't do it for me. May I just simply suggest we just ask ourselves, what is it that we are seeking? Is it the rod or is it God? Because oftentimes what I've seen, the biggest biggest stumbling blocks to faith is seeing other people's successes, but also in seeing our own successes. Like you ever had a moment where you were believing God for something and, and you did and you took a step of faith. You did what God asked you to do. You prayed, you fasted like and God showed up and you said, well, if he showed up last time, well, I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast again. And God's going to do the same thing all over again. I would just simply suggest you just take a step back. And say, am I seeking a process? Am I seeking a system? Am I seeking a structure? Or am I seeking God? This is the same temptation that Joshua would have had. To go seek the rod and not to seek God. I want to challenge you. Like, first thing, if you're going to write anything down, maybe this would be a good thing to write down. Seek God, not the rod. Like, seek God, not the rod. And in Joshua chapter one, we see that Joshua, he gets excited. He says, all right, guys, we're about to head into the promised land. And it's incredible because God begins to tell him, hey, every place where your foot touches, I will give you. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty exciting. Like, I'm like, here we go. That's mine. Like, every place your foot touches, I will give it to you. And you have this moment where Joshua is excited. He tells the camp, hey, everybody, pack your things. Let's get ready to go. In three days, we are heading across this Jordan River. And God's taking us into the promised land. And after this amazing moment of of strength, of courage, of faith, We see chapter two. Just just go with me for just a second. Chapter two, you shouldn't even really have to turn a page. Chapter two, verse number one. Joshua has just told everybody, hey, we are going into the promised land. God's giving us the promised land. We got this. Chapter two, verse one. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly saying, "Uh, guys, come here. Can you go and view the land? Especially Jericho. I heard they got walls over there. Go. And so they went and came to the house of the harlot named Rahab and lodged there. Very interesting, right? Joshua, God's taking us into the promised land. Pack your things. Let's go in front of everybody. Let's do this. Three days. We're going across the water. We're going into our promised land. We got this. Hey, y'all two, come here. Come here. Come here. Hey, can you go look at that land real quick? I know what God said. I know what he said. But maybe God hadn't seen it yet either. I don't know. What is going on with Joshua in this moment? Like you just said you're going and now you're like, I don't know just yet. Come here, guys. Joshua, he sends out these two spies. Like I imagine, like I get it. I get it. What's going on in his head? Like, guys, listen, what happens if we cross the river? There's an army right there. We're not ready. Like, what happens if they're, like, bigger people over there than us and they, like, make us slaves again? Like, I don't want any of that. 
This is my first day on the job. I'm not trying to get fired. <laughs> Joshua's trying to figure it out. And Joshua, he has this moment where I think all of us have these same kinds of moments. God speaks to us. We're in a service. We're worshiping. We're believing God to do something. And we believe God. He begins to speak to us. And we're like, you know what, God? Yes. Yes, you're taking me into the promised land. Yes, you're going to do what you said you would do. You are the same God yesterday, today, and forever. I believe it. I receive it. And I will walk in it 30 minutes later after leaving service. Now, I don't know if I can do that. (laughs) Right? These moments of humanity (laughs) where we're like, you know, I know what you said, Lord, but I really, I don't think I'm that qualified to do this just yet. God, I don't know if like, I don't have the right training to do all of this just yet. Like, God, I I don't know that I'm ready. (laughs) Joshua has this moment where he begins to weigh the promises of God with his own abilities. See, this is where Faith really does matter (laughs) because there will always be a promise of God that's really weighty and your abilities that may seem a little shaky. (laughs) Joshua had this moment where he weighs the promises of God with his own skills, his abilities, his talents, his experience, his knowledge, his understanding, his wisdom. He begins to weigh these things against what God has said. And I would, I would challenge you and encourage you. Like, you may not feel ready. You may not know everything just yet. You may not have all the experience, the wisdom, the knowledge. But the truth is, if God said it, you're ready. And, and I would want to encourage you today, just really simple. Believe the word of the Lord. If he said it, that settles it. That's enough. Just believe it. Believe the word of the Lord. We see chapter two comes to a close with the spies coming back, encouraging Joshua, saying, hey, we got this. Don't worry. We're going to be able to go over there and take the land. It's going to be ours. And we jump into chapter three. In verses number five and six, they, the children of Israel all come to this Jordan River. That's separating them from where they are and the promise that God has for them. They are heading towards the river. In chapter 3, verse number 5, it says, And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priest, saying, take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and they went before the people. The first thing that the people did, and Pastor Joel talked about this last week as well, is they consecrated themselves. They had a moment where they said, you know what? The me that's needed over there needs to start right here. (laughs) Like if I'm going to be the me that I got to be over there, I got to start right here where I am. And we have this moment where where the whole, the the group, the entire population, the children of Israel, they consecrate themselves. They sanctify themselves. They say, God, we're ready, but we will only move at your word. And today we'll have a moment for this 
We're going to have a moment of communion where we can together as a body say, hey, we're going to sanctify ourselves. We're going to consecrate ourselves. We're going to say, God, I know there's a promise out there, but I believe it starts with a step right here. And if I can consecrate myself today, God, I will allow you to do whatever you want to do tomorrow. But I'll start right here today. We're going to have a moment to do this to have a moment of consecration with worship and with communion. But I think the last part of this process, number one, like we, we in, in our journey of faith, when we're taking a big step of faith, the first thing we've got to realize is we cannot seek the rod. We have got to seek God. We, we can't seek somebody else's process. We can't seek what someone else did. We can't seek how God worked for them. We must seek God himself. Get a word from the Lord for us. Believe the word. But then the last thing, you got to take the step. <laughs> Like, it's that simple. Like, I could talk about encouraging you, uh, about taking a step of faith. I could give you some reasons why you should take a step of faith. I could tell you how the you that you are right now isn't the you that God has called you to be. We can always get better, and getting better starts with a step of faith. I could encourage you in this all day long, but the truth is, you got to take the step. (laughs) Like it's your step of faith. And one thing that I've learned about taking steps of faith is that God rewards it. And I've seen two primary ways in my life that God has rewarded steps of faith. But I've also seen two primary ways through scripture that God rewards steps of faith. The first way is with a promise. God rewarded the children of Israel with their step of faith by parting the Jordan River and them walking across into their promised land. A a promise. God rewarded Moses' step of faith by lifting the rod and the seas split. Like I've seen that God rewards steps of faith with a promise, but I've also seen this secondary reward that I don't think we talk about often, but I think it's very important. I've seen that God has this way of rewarding our steps of faith with another step of faith. (laughs) Because the just shall live by faith. It wasn't just about one step. It was about getting you on track for your life. It was about leading you in this journey of faith. It was about teaching you how to trust God with where you are right now so that when he brings the next step, you'll say, I know that you did it before. I know that I can trust you now. And he'll reward you with another step. And that's the life that we are called to live. One step of faith after the next, after the next, after the next. That God would call us to be people of faith that live by faith, that walk by faith. And I don't know where you are in this process with taking a big step of faith. If there isn't one that's in your heart right now, trust me, one is coming. Because God can't say the just will live by faith and not give you the ability to do it. So you either have a step right now or God is getting ready to give you your next step.
I want to encourage you with that step. Don't seek the rod. Don't worry about what God did in the past. Don't worry about how God did it for them. You worry about what God's saying to you right now. Because that's the most important thing. And as he begins to speak to you, believe it. Don't, don't doubt based on your own abilities, your own skills, your own giftings. Rather say, Lord, <laughs> if you said it, I believe it. Last thing that I find interesting, God tells Joshua, be strong and very courageous. 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 We love to quote this, but I think we must also understand if God is saying, hey, Joshua, be strong and courageous, it's probably because Joshua's going to have a lot of moments to feel really weak and really afraid. I think that's how faith feels sometimes. God's saying, be strong and courageous. Believe the word of the Lord. And it's like, yeah, but God, I feel really weak and I feel really afraid. And God says, yeah, yeah, but that's why I'm telling you. Be strong and courageous because it's not about you. It's about what God wants to do. And I want to encourage you today. Your step of faith is for more than you. It's for far more than you. And... And as you're taking your step of faith, a couple of simple thoughts. Don't seek the rod. Seek God. Don't send out the spies. It's okay. You may feel unqualified in this moment. You may feel like you can't. Just believe the word of the Lord. That's it. Just believe it. And maybe lastly, you've got to at some point decide to take the step. And today I want to encourage you to do that. Take the step of faith that God has placed in your heart to take. Because if he put it there, there's a reason for it. And it's not just for you. There's so many more people that are attached to your step of faith. So you got to take it. And today we're going to have a moment of communion. And right now, our ushers are going to walk through the aisles. If you don't have communion elements, you can just raise your hand. They'll give you some. As we're doing this, I want to just take a moment to explain what communion is all about. Communion is a moment where we as followers of Jesus, where we as believers, we say, you know what, God, I'm going to consecrate myself. I'm going to remember you. And with communion there's two pieces two parts to it the first is the bread and the bread it symbolizes the body of Christ that was broken for you it's a reminder that you were born into sin you were shaped in iniquity but because of Jesus you can be set free the bread reminds us that Jesus's body was broken so that yours doesn't have to be. The bread reminds us that we deserve death because of our sin. But God sent his son Jesus in our place to take the shame, to take the punishment, to take the guilt. And with his body stretched out on a cross, nails in his hands and his feet he died there and because of his death it, it sets us free but three days later he rose again 
And his resurrection reminds us of the blood. The blood is the covenant. It means that when we actually give our lives to Christ, there is no turning back, that we are committed to him and he is committed to us. When we give it to him, when we give our lives to him, we are saying, hey, I know on my own I can't, but I know I don't have to be able to because you did it for me. So Jesus, you gave your life for me. I'll give my life for you. It's the covenant that we make with God. And today during worship, we're going to end in worship and we're going to have a moment to take communion together where you, with your family, where you are with yourself, you can have this moment with God to consecrate yourself before you take the step of faith. I think it's really important. It brings us back center. God's the focus, not even the step of faith. It's him. He's the focus. And today as we take communion, I just want to pray. So let's just bow our heads. Let's close our eyes for a minute. And maybe you're here today and you're like, well, this is, this is encouraging. This is exciting. But I don't really even know this God that you're talking about yet. Well, I would actually go on to encourage you and say, well, you have a step of faith that you can take too. Your first and the most important step of faith that you will ever take is giving your life to Christ. And today, if you say, you know what, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to take this step of faith. I believe that he died for me, that he took the punishment of my sin. But he rose again from the grave and he offers me a new life. I want to take it. I want that life. If today for you, you say, you know what, I need that. I need to give my life to Christ with heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm going to ask you to do one simple thing. On the count of three, would you just raise your hand? You say, yep, I need to give my life to Christ. Today's the day I'm doing it. One, two, three, wherever you are. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Hands going up all over, beautiful. You can put those hands back down. Now, Let's do something together as a body of believers. Let's all pray this prayer of faith together. That this is the prayer that starts your relationship with God. If you just raise your hand, this is your step of faith. This prayer is that moment for you and all of us together. We are going to join with you as you pray this prayer. So would everyone in here, would you just pray this prayer with me? Would you just say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you rose again from the grave. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. Jesus, I give you my life. And I receive yours. In Jesus' name. Amen.